All right, guys, we are live here at the Historical Society. We are social distancing indoors. We're about 30 feet away. Uh, we're using our wireless mics. Uh, we are here with Jim Holushka. He is going to take us through um, the 1918 Spanish flu uh, and what effect it had here in Schuylkill County. I know a lot of people are making uh, kind of the comparison, uh, good or bad, uh, to 1918. I guess that is the closest comparison we can get to an outbreak like this. So take it away. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I mean, there are similarities and there are differences between the COVID-19 pandemic that we're going through right now and the Spanish influenza epidemic of 1918. Uh, first and foremost is the mortality rate between the two. All right, 1918, 1919, and 1920 saw between 50 and 100 million deaths globally, all right, from the, from the Spanish influenza. It also saw a higher mortality rate. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head globally, but it definitely had a higher mortality rate given those numbers of, of deaths that occurred. The current situation, we are nowhere near those numbers on the global scale. All right, so there, there's a little bit of optimism for you there that mm. we're not at that stage. And from what medical experts are saying, we're not gonna get there. It's serious to be sure, but we're not gonna experience that. Um, Locally, what were the numbers like, do you know? Uh, in, for the Spanish influenza? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the mortality rate here in Schuylkill County was higher than the national average. In Myersville, for example, the mortality rate was approximately 8 to 10%. Uh, Shenandoah experienced similar numbers as well. Now, you may be wondering why the mortality rate in Schuylkill County, especially in those areas, uh, were higher. And the answer is, in my estimation, threefold. Number one, Schuylkill County was slow to adopt the social distancing and masking protocols that you see today back then. Mm -hmm. A lot of other regions of the country bigger cities, they were real quick to adopt these measures because they had a higher population density. Here in Schuylkill County, they were slow to do it, but they eventually did come around. And what did that look like back then? Because, I mean, I know there were bar rooms and stuff like that, mm -hmm. but how, how was, what was the main thing? Like churches or? Yeah, uh, we, saw, we saw bars, taverns, pool halls, movie theaters shut down with the first wave. They didn't hit church, churches first. All right, that was spared the first wave, and schools were, were spared the first wave here in Schuylkill County. But eventually, when it became apparent that, you know, this is really getting out of hand, schools and churches were shut down all across the state and in Schuylkill County. So, uh, you know, there's a parallel between today and then as well. Um, another factor for the higher mortality rate in Schuylkill County was the main industry of Schuylkill County, and that is coal mining, all right? Almost 
every aspect of our, our local economy was tied into the mining industry in one way or another, whether it was the mining, whether it was the processing, or whether it was the transportation to market of King Coal. All right. So you have such a high population involved in the industry, and many of them before the pandemic of 1918 were well on their way to uh, getting what well, is the scourge of the mining industry, of course, black lung disease. So with all that junk, all the soot, all the coal dirt that was already in their lungs, when the Spanish influenza uh, hit and they contracted it, when the Spanish influenza then goes into its next phase of full-out pneumonia, their lungs just did not have the capacity to handle the fluids that fill your lungs with pneumonia. So they were, miners and other in individuals associated were so quick to succumb to the disease. The third I briefly mentioned uh, was, um, the third factor was that our economy was also so closely tied into Philadelphia. The transport of coal took residents of Schuylkill County down to Philadelphia, where of course, larger city, so you're going to get more exposure. And if they're not using masks, they're going to contract it and bring it back here. So those are the three factors. The fact that we were slow to adopt social distancing, that our economy was so intrinsically tied to coal and all the adverse effects that that caused. And because our economy being uh, so attached to Philadelphia and the commerce that brought it back with as well. So now I know from, from what little I read on the Spanish flu, there was, you know, the second wave. Yeah. Um, and I guess the actual virus itself uh, mutated. So yeah. it affected what 18 and 25 year old, especially pregnant women. Was that, is that true? Uh, it did affect the second wave, the, the second wave, all the waves affected people that COVID-19 is, is not those who were in their prime in 1918 were actually the ones who had the higher, uh, mortality rates and infection rates. Whereas today you see the higher rates of mortality in the senior citizens or those who are compromised in other ways. Uh, so that's, that's a stark, stark difference right there. Um, what was the climate like? I mean, so you have all these people dying uh, mm. locally. I mean, was the papers filled with obituaries? Was the hospitals overrun? Yeah, like, I mean, what, 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 what kind of was the scene here like for, for a year? Everywhere was impacted. Um, makeshift hospitals were became prevalent throughout the county. If there was an armory in your town in Schuylkill County, that armory was converted to a makeshift hospital. So the armory down in Pine Grove, the armory over here on- The, the YMCA. Oh yeah, the YMCA over here. Um, wherever there was an armory, they were among the first buildings to be converted into makeshift hospitals. Uh, here in Pottsville, the Pottsville Hospital, uh, they actually built a tent city around the hospital where those who had the Spanish influenza, they were put in the tent city instead of being brought inside and risking contamination for patients who were there for other causes, heart disease or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, 
up on Greenwood Hill, there was the Milliken Mansion. They were a prominent old money family here in Pottsville. They had a big mansion on the hill. Their, both their mansion and the surrounding hillside or, or was, was converted into makeshift hospitals as well. And that's the case all across Schuylkill County where you know, buildings that could be converted to makeshift hospitals were. There were also makeshift war, uh, morgues. Uh, the regular morgues could not handle the influx of those perishing from the disease. So other buildings that could handle it were converted into morgues. One example here in Pottsville was the Pennsylvania and Reading Coal and Iron Building over on Mahadango Street. Mm. That was converted into a makeshift morgue. And even they got backed up to the point that uh, they were stacking bodies on the corner there. Oh my God. And they were stacked up to the first floor window. That's how backlogged they got over there. Wow. And there were similar scenes all across the county like that. The, they, the influx of, of those who had perished from the disease was just out of control. Um, there was a shortage of coffins as well. Uh, funeral directors just could not get their hands on them. Uh, funeral, uh, casket companies could not make them fast enough. There were some that took advantage of the situation uh, among the funeral directors. They would have sort of a display coffin. They would hold a, a, a viewing and a funeral for somebody. And then when they went to bury the individual, oh, they would dump the body in the grave and reuse the coffin. So that was something. It's capitalism that, at its yeah, best. <laughs> that, that was an abuse that occurred as well. Um, the National Guard was dispatched here to Schuylkill County uh, to try to handle the situation, keep people from doing things that they weren't supposed to do, and to assist with the, with the sick. Uh, in a few cases during previous research I had done on the Spanish influenza, in the Miner's Journal, there were news reports of bars in Myersville and Shenandoah that were operating when they were supposed to be closed down. Mm. They let people in the back door, and eventually the uh, Pennsylvania State Police or the, the National Guard caught up with them, shut them down, and they lost their liquor licenses as a result. So that happened as well. Um, it's also important to keep in mind in 1918 there was another global event going on as well, World War I. Mm -hmm. So you have people coming home from the war effort in coffins as well. So potentially a family could lose people from the influenza and, people could, and, and that same family could lose people from the Great War. What was the death rate at that? In terms of like, you know, they have the, the overall uh, deaths, like how much school county get decimated by with the war and? The war, I don't know those numbers. Okay. I have not researched that, so I can't. I imagine yeah. the population probably took a pretty good hit, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely, like I said, uh, you had, re you had, uh, you had Minersville and Shenandoah that had between 8 and 10 percent mortality rate just from the influenza. Certainly, Schuylkill County has historically always answered the call when it comes time for war. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, although I don't know the numbers, I, I would imagine that it was a significant. Now, significant what about, number. like, I'm trying to think, okay, difference between modern day and, and like, 
okay, I go to, I go to Giant, the grocery store. Mm. So where, where, I mean, was, was there a home delivery back then of, of groceries or did people just go to a local, like kind of corner shop or how did that work? A lot of it was done with corner shops. You know, you still, you didn't have the supermarkets mm -hmm. and food was considered a necessity. Uh, they, all the, all the, the smaller stores did have delivery options. So I imagine that a lot of locals took, a, took advantage of that, but again, some need to get out even today you see it people you know go stir crazy after a while and they need to get out even if it's just to the store to get their own groceries mm -hmm. to break up the boredom that they're experiencing during quarantines and shutdowns. how did the miners journal cover the this flu overall was it just the mine it was always on the front page mm -hmm. it was always front page news and it was always you saw it often in tandem with news from the war front as well so it's a pretty bleak picture when you look at the front page of the Miner's Journal in 1918 uh, because you have so much death uh, around you and reported to you on an almost daily basis. Now was, and my timing might be off, but like Tumbling Run, was that open in 1918? Uh, it was, uh, Tumbling Run, the resort out there was early 20th century. Uh, at that point, if it wasn't shut down, it definitely is winding down. Mm -hmm. It's. It's in its, uh, it's in its decline at that point because it, it wasn't long until it was fun, it was shut down for sure. So were the streets kind of empty at that time? Uh, from newspaper accounts, yes. Yeah. Uh, people did take it seriously. Uh, I think the mortality rate really drove it home that it needed to be taken seriously because you went out and Everywhere you looked, you could see some, some effect of what havoc the influenza was uh, inflicting on the society, whether it's the tent cities up on you know, Greenwood Hill mm -hmm. or by the Pottsville Hospital, or uh, the makeshift morgue if you're over on Mahatango yeah. Street. And that's, again, I know it's so obvious, but that's obviously before social media. So in mm -hmm. terms of like staying connected, yeah. Yeah, because you don't have TVs in your house at that point, right? No, no I mean, TVs. Uh, radio is still a little bit off, even, you know. So it happened mainly via word of mouth at that point, and your local newspapers, and just what you saw. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that there was anyone in Schuylkill County who did not know somebody one way or another, who, who came down with the Spanish influenza and was, mm -hmm. was, was affected by it. Uh, a notable individual who came down with the Spanish influenza was Patrick O'Hara, hmm. the father of uh, John O'Hara, oh. okay? Because Patrick O'Hara was a prominent physician in Schuylkill County right. you know, for the early 20th century. And when the influenza hit, it was all hands on deck. If you had any medical training, you were out there tending to the sick. And Patrick was one of those who contracted it in, his, in, his, in the course of his rounds, and he almost died from it. Hmm. And before he came down with it, by all accounts, he was a vibrant, energetic individual who was constantly on the go between all his responsibilities as one of the leading physicians here in Pottsville and even Schuylkill County to someone who significantly slowed down after it, all right? And he would die seven years later in 1925. Uh, 
was the influenza a contributing factor? Most likely so, because it seems he never regained that mm -hmm. vigor that he had before. Uh, dentists were even called into service. Hmm. Dentists, but they still had medical training to tend to people. Um, with, with, with viruses, though, you don't... The viruses, there's nothing... Like, yeah, you're just tending the symptoms, right? Yeah, I mean... exactly. Uh, you know, the fever gets too high, you're, you're, applying, you're applying measures to, to lower the fever. Mm -hmm. there, there's no, you know, penicillin, which would not have helped at the time, but penicillin was still another decade off. So that goes to show you the level of medical technology that they had then. Whereas now... We have respirators mm -hmm. for those who contract COVID-19. We have all these antivirals out there that can, uh, that, that can help those who uh, contract COVID-19. You didn't have that back then. So, I mean, that's definitely, uh, the medical technology, the technology we have today is definitely a contributing factor to the lowering of the mortality rate with COVID-19. Not the sole one, but definitely a big contributing factor. Did they ever, Again, this is pro they, they came up with a vaccine for Spanish flu eventually. It's it's another strain of influenza, uh, but interestingly enough, it was only it, I saw one article that said that they didn't actually come up with a vaccine until maybe a decade ago for that mm. particular strain. But a decade from today. A decade ago from today. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, it wasn't anything that came along quickly because. With the mutation of the virus, they had to first find a sample of the authentic 1918 right. Spanish influenza. And it, now, the other thing, too, a common, and this is why it didn't actually start in Spain, right? No, it didn't start in Spain. Um, they think it, it started in the Near East. But the reason it is attributed to Spain is because it goes back to the Great War. And the nations that were involved in World War I, there were news blackouts news reports were very tightly controlled for both bad and good news because they didn't want the home front to get discouraged by if things were not going well on the war front. Mm -hmm. Spain was not involved in World War I directly. Uh, they, they were neutral. And so they didn't have the strictures on news coverage that all the other allied powers did. So we saw the early reports of this mysterious new disease coming out of Spain first. And that's why I got the moniker of the Spanish influenza. Hmm. So I'm trying to think what else here. It, we, I'm trying to figure out just the way we could see the similarities, see the differences. Yeah. Well, uh, another, another aspect of the mortality rate from the Spanish influenza was with all the people dying, there was also an influx of orphans. Hmm. Um, St. Francis Orphanage down there in Orgsburg, that yeah. was there at the time. But even that became overwhelmed with 2,000 new orphans oh my gosh. made as a result of that first and second wave of the Spanish influenza. So, remember I mentioned the Millican Mansion on, up on Greenwood Hill yeah. that was made into a makeshift hospital. After the worst of the Spanish influenza subsided, the mansion was fumigated and converted into a makeshift orphanage hmm. as well. So that is a definite tangible that you saw from, 
from the Spanish influenza after effect that not many people think of. Yeah, no, the I number never of, of that. orphans that were, were, were created, but it's it was around two thousand when all was said and done. Now, the, on, on a that's what I was thinking about before. So I think after this, we're going to see a lot of innovation in terms of how we work, right? You know, we'll, yeah. like today, I'm saying so we, maybe there'll be more telework, that kind of stuff. Was yeah. there any kind of innovation back then in terms of, okay, we have this pandemic, we well, have to adjust in terms of going forward? I, I think that it spurred for the re research into the medical field as well, mm -hmm. because it's such a high mortality rate there was definitely a push in, a, in the medical profession to say, mm, what can we do to prevent this? Mm -hmm. And given that Alexander Fleming f uh, came out with penicillin on a, massive, on a uh, mass production scale 10 years later, again, it wouldn't have helped with the Spanish influenza, but I'd like to think that he was probably motivated by the events he lived through mm -hmm. 10 years prior. So, you know, and, and with technology constantly improving throughout the course of the 20th century. It allowed them to make more and more medical advances, mm -hmm. uh, better, uh, better medicines, respirators that came along. So, you know, from tragedy, we get change and innovation in society. That's always the case all throughout history. You see, you always see uh, a new way, a different way of looking at things after such events. Sure. Anything else? Um, well, you know, guys, be safe out there. Mm -hmm. Use your heads. Uh, we want to see everybody come out okay on the other side. Uh, we're there with you. We're doing our social distancing. Uh, for, we're closed right now, but if you uh, stay tuned to our Facebook page and our, or our webpage, uh, as soon as we're able to reopen, We'll put the announcement on then, on, on, on the Facebook page and our website. We are still answering emails and taking voicemails. So if you have any historical questions, uh, give us a call. We can't respond quickly to you, obviously, because we're at uh, one person a day in here. Mm -hmm. um, so the response isn't gonna be as quick, but you can call us at 570-622-7540 or follow us on Facebook. And guys, uh, and girls, make sure that you, you, you document this time in, in some shape or form. Absolutely. Uh, because, look, 10 years from now, you know, you look at pictures from 2010, it seems like uh, forever ago. So yeah. living in the moment, you don't realize how valuable some pictures are gonna be, but uh, the Historical Society, hopefully I'm not speaking out of school here, uh, yeah, no. you know, could always use any kind of uh, preservation of history, uh, we want to definitely preserve that going forward. Exactly. We did issue a call back at the beginning of April for the citizens of Schuylkill County to keep logs, take pictures, take videos, uh, for local businesses around Schuylkill County to donate items uh, like their signage mm -hmm. for social distancing. Uh, just yesterday, we received a donation from Jackass Grilling, mm. uh, Jackass Distillery, out there in the Higgins Valley. Uh, they sent a bottle of their hand sanitizer oh, nice. that they're producing out there as a result of the shortage of hand sanitizer. Yeah. So we, got, we have one physical donation. We'll take more from, from businesses across Schuylkill County, anything you, you think. 
Uh, even there's a lot of people out there who are doing uh, homemade masks. Mm -hmm. uh, after it's all said and done, you have a few unused ones that you know you made but didn't need. You know, we'll take one or two of those as well. Great, but, but make sure they're unused because yeah, you know. right. So again, you can catalog your experiences because now everybody is a historian. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks.